Give us a call, 135353 on the text line 0419767272. Now, last night, uh, the Aussie women were beaten again by South Africa. I say again, they ended up winning the T20 series, and this one-day international series is now locked at one all after a victory for the South Africans there at North Sydney. In a rain-affected match, it ended up being 45 overs max. South Africa posted 6 for 229. Marizan Cap, who was a judge player of the match for her all-round performance, 75 off 87 deliveries. Uh, as far as the Aussie bowlers were concerned, Megan Schutt, 2 for 35 off 8 overs and 1 maiden. Kim Garth, 9 overs, 2 maidens, 1 for 42. Ash Gardner, 6 overs, 2 for 31. So 234 from 45 overs was the task, and the Aussies got themselves into all sorts of trouble. Eight for 71 they were, so that was game over. But then an outstanding partnership between Kim Garth coming in at number 10, who finished not out 42 or 48 deliveries. I'll tell you what, she looked much, much better than a number 10. Her and Ash Gardner, who suffered a bit of a hamstring twinge in the field. Uh, so she was a little bit restricted, but she made 35, and they put on 77 for the ninth wicket. At one stage, you thought, they could pull off, pull off a miracle here, but uh, then Ashgard and Nick one behind and uh, Megan shoot the last player out. So they'll roll in the end for 149. So it reads a reasonably comfortable victory there for the South Africans by 84 runs under the good old Duckworth-Lewis method. So that's what occurred there last night. They head to the third one day now, and there's the one-off test next week in Perth. And not looking good for Ash Gardner, though. She'd be uh, in a bit of bother there after suffering a little hamstring niggle there. So there'd be a blow for the Aussies. Mm. Who, there's no doubt they'd come back to the pack a bit, Clarkie, as, as they should, considering yeah. other countries obviously are investing more and more yeah. into their women's games. And they're playing more cricket together as well. Exactly. Like they're playing in mm. you know the women's BBL and IPL, where they're playing with each other. Um uh, yeah, I, I don't think, like, this is the other thing as well, because this team's been so successful, I think we only seem to talk about the Australian women's team when they lose. Uh, I, I, they've set such a high standard for themselves, and, and I think I don't think they, the Aussie girls have come backwards, I just think the other teams are catching them, uh, learning from them, uh, watching how their players go about their work, and, and that's the case for any sporting team that sits at the top of the tree for a long time. Everyone wants to beat them. Everyone wants to be better than them. So you use them as an example. So I think, I think we've got to take that as a compliment. Um, but yeah, this is the challenge for this team. They need to find, keep finding ways to get better. And the other thing I, I said it the other day as well. They've got a new captain now as well. Meg Lanning has been, you know, was an unbelievable leader. Uh, everybody knew her style. She was a captain for such a long time. You know, she's retired. She's walked away from international cricket. So now that that change takes a bit of time um, for the players to adapt. Um, and in cricket, you know, the captain that that it is a significant role. So the players will have to make change to how Alyssa Healy wants to go about her work. She might, you know, little things like she might like to win the toss and bowl first, for example, if conditions are, are even. Where Meg Lenning might have liked to bat first. It, it's just. Just takes a bit of time for the players to feel completely comfortable. Uh, just reading here, we'll have Evan Priest on in less than half an hour's time. Tiger Woods uh, has committed to next week's Genesis Invitational, so that'll be his first competitive rounds of the year. Uh, the great Tiger Woods. I've got an announcement for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch as well, Loz, which is, what, five weeks away? You've got Four an announcement? Yep. 
Right. Well, this will be good. This will be. The... I don't know anything about the <laughs> lunch, but let me know what's going on. Well, the first guest is locked in, right. and we've got more announcements to come in. Hopefully, coming days. Yep. I'd say the next week. Why are we slowly releasing them? Well, because yeah, you're going to tell us who well, that I guest is. I can't go early. Well, mm. Oh my god! I think god. It, one one of the great dinner speakers, lunch speakers in Australia, mm. has been confirmed. Sam Kekovic will be at the lunch on March 15 at oh, Allianz Stadium. Kekka. He's very good. It's been quite a while since I've been to a lunch that he's been at as well. So looking forward to it. Renewing our vows, so to speak. So, uh, Sam Kegovic is in. No, it'll be a good day, Bitter. It'll be a good day. Uh, you know what? I'm still to go to a game of football. Any at the code, new Allianz. At the new Allianz. So, mate, I haven't been either. Hmm. I've been to Allianz hmm. on two occasions. I went the opening night when they just had it where you could walk around and, and have a look. Mm. And then the tab had a function there one night. So I went to that. And then other than that, I haven't been. My goal this year is to go and watch a couple of games of footy and have a look at the new mm. areas, yeah. lounge areas, yeah. oh, right. bar so you're just areas. Be the corporate area. No, I just have a you look. You corporate fat No, 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 not, no not corporate. Uh, I'll be in the members. I'll pay yeah. my money. Not hmm. my membership. I'll go up there and have a look good. around. Because they tell me it's pretty good. No, nah, it's not. It doesn't look like a bad seat yeah. in the well, stadium. Well, so. When I say pretty good, I should say excellent, mm. to be fair. Everyone that has been there just said there's not a bad seat in the joint. So that is locked in. More announcements to come as far as that is concerned. Uh, yesterday, Loz. Are you the comedian? It's. <laughs> Oh, naturally, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, you a, MC? You're MC, it's a strength obviously. of mine. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm going to try and do as little as possible. Yeah, right. Welcome to, welcome to my house. Mm. Um, Nothing wrong with that. So you want me to carry the can? Basically, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you're the star. Well, I, I don't have to travel anywhere this year. Remember last year, I had to travel. Where did I go last year? I think you had to go to Juneau. I June couldn't e. even have a beer last year. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I went to Juneau. You were yeah, saving you rugby league in Juneau. That's right. I drove straight down. Yeah, you did. We had a... Um, that's right. We had a, a fundraising game of footy mm. and a fundraiser that night. Um, so I had to drive straight down. So I didn't have a beer. But this year, I'm in town. So look out. <sighs> there you go. Loz is ready to rumble. Mm. Uh, by the way, when we spoke to Bjorn Baker the other day, I think he, he mentioned Thunderlips. Well, Sandra certainly says so on the text line. I just want to say a huge thanks to Bjorn Baker for the tip of Thunderlips. I got $14 and to say I'm happy is an understatement. Gee, well done, Sandra. And that horse that was it Anthony the other day who called oh, ran up? second. Vinalas ran yes. well. Yeah. Ran very hadn't run for more than a year. Yeah, Keith Dryden. Keith Dryden and was three from three in the country. Hadn't run for more than a year. No trials. Uh was in the market and just oh, I think mm. I'll tell you, uh Dylan Gibbons rode the winner. And everyone went wide. It was the only yeah, race I watched. He came up the fence. Yeah. What was the go? Was it obviously wet and they thought mm. the middle part of the ground. But he just hugged the rail. Mm. Didn't go around one horse. Great ride. We're going to preview Manly season after the break.
Wise Hour makes a good point on the text line. Morning, gents. You might still be recovering from your Vegas trip, Mr. Daly, for the luncheon. And Wise Hour, you make a good point because when Loz, you know, sometimes unleashes and, you know, he comes back and I've never seen a bloke beat himself up mm. more than what you do. And you might just come to the lunch, oh, I'm not, I'm not drinking today. Nah. You might be just still so far down in the doldrums after your little Vegas trip. No, I'll be right because I'll have... Yeah, more than a week. Off. Yeah, I'll have more than a week. Now, you, you boys would know this. I've been fasting. Not fasting, but alcohol-free fasting. Oh, right. Yeah. For the last two weeks. So I'm going to go... Keep going until Vegas. Until Vegas. Mm. So I'll get a month in, month respite. Until the pool parties. Until we get to Vegas. Am I doing the wrong thing there? Because I'll be too excited when I get to Vegas? Or should I just take the edge off before I go? Well... What do you reckon? Do it. Take the edge off at the airport, which you love doing. I love doing that. Yeah. So just take the edge off there. I just love a beer at the airport. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I just feel comfortable. Well, they're gateways to fun. That's why. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be international airport, although <laughs> that's that's good when it is. You just got to have a drink at an airport. Definitely. That's my theory, anyway. Okay, we better preview Manly. Uh, and there's a lot of expectation here at the Sea Eagles for 2024. Their 2023 season, they finished 12th. 11 wins, one draw, and 12 losses. So their uh, gains and losses for 2024 personnel-wise, well, the big one, Luke Brooks comes across from the Tigers, Tommy Talao as well, uh, Jackson Paolo from the Roosters, Corey Waddell from the Dogs back at the club, and they've lost Sean Kepi to South Sydney, Samuela Fainu to the Tigers, Morgan Harper, Kelmatu Alengi went to Parramatta, KO Weeks gone to the Raiders. Now they're betting with Tab for Manly this season. Well, in round one against South, by the way, over in Vegas, they're $2.45 outsiders. The Bunnies are $1.55, but their futures, Manly are $21 to win the Premiership. $10 to make the grand final, $23 to win the minor premiership, $4 to make the top four, $1.90 to make the eight, and $1.80 to miss the top eight. Uh, in the most losses market, they're $29. So nice and long in that market, as you'd expect, considering when you look on paper, all fit, all healthy, this is a pretty good side, Loz. Oh, it's a strong side, and it's the second year under Anthony Seabold. I know he's got his critics, uh, Seabs, but I thought he handled it quite well last year because losing Tom was significant. We all know the record Manly have when he's in that team and when he doesn't play, uh, and they got better as the season went on without him. Uh, and he's more familiar with the players this year, and he's also worked out what their capabilities are, and I think he's raised the bar uh, higher this year on terms of what the expectations are. Luke Brooks, I think it's going to be a wonderful signing for Manly. I think he can unleash his running game. Um, he can be a role player and not the dominant half, which he's been at the West Tigers. Uh, he can leave that up to Cherry Evans. Um, this will allow him more time to run the football, look at the opposition, spot uh, where their weaknesses are, uh, look at what they're doing in defence, uh, look for tied players, how teams are resetting their defensive line, what their line speed is like, whether he can play with a bit more depth or whether he plays over the over the advantage line. Um, so I, I think that Luke Brooks is in for a sensational year. 
I think it'll be his best season in the NRL. Um, and I think that that left edge of Manly will be pretty significant in what they do throughout the year with the football. And with that left edge, you talk about edge players. You've got Schuster on the left. You've got Olokowatu on the right. To- two totally different players, but two weapons mm. if they get it right. Um, Schuster, obviously, with his subtle skills, his running game, and he's just got the ability to make defences stop and start because he's got that little stutter and he's good with his hands and people tend to ball watch Schuster. Whereas when you're playing guys like that, you can't get caught up watching the ball. you just got to go and put him under pressure and make him make a faster decision because if you don't put him under pressure because his skills are so silky, he'll find the right person every time. But you've got to rush him a little bit. Uh, whereas Ola Kawatu is just so powerful and he's a big athlete, you know. Yeah, he's damaging, can offload the football. Um, so they've got strike everywhere. Obviously, Tom, he'll be like a new recruit this year. Uh, interesting to read Shane Flanagan's comments after a game of scrimmage last weekend, and I'm sure he just wasn't saying that to talk Manly up. Um, you know, he's worked with Tom last year, albeit only a short period of time. But what he does well, he just controls the short side. If nothing's happening there, he'll come, he'll carry the ball as an extra forward, but he also has the ability to get on the end of a backline shape uh, and put people under plenty of pressure. And he's got a lovely passing game as well. Um, I, I, I think I think Manly play finals this year. Mm. I'll have them in my eight. And I, I reckon they should be aiming for, and I think they can get at least 13 to 15 wins. Wow. And if they get 13 to 15 wins, I think that puts them in finals contention. I don't know whether it'll be top four, but I think, They'll definitely play finals on that roster, and it's assuming that Tom's fit. And going off what I'm hearing about Luke Brooks training and playing, uh, if he can recapture that form, I, I, I think Manly play finals, and their expectation, I'm assuming, will be top four. But I, I see them winning 13 to 15 games. Okay, 13 to 15. The player laws who. You know, he's knocking on the door at Origin selection last year, and with his size and his ability, Ola Kawatu, he's a player I think you'd expect to just go that level up this year and be playing rep footy. Well, he's on the verge, he's a isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's played for Tonga before. He's been spoken about as a state of origin player. Yeah, origin specifically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he's got the capability. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and he's got a good work rate too. Uh, that's the other thing. He, he doesn't mind mixing it up. Um, gets through plenty of work, but he's also a game breaker as an edge player. That's what you like to. You know, if you've got an edge player that can get in a one-on-one situation with a smaller half, and not only like either creates an offload or a line break, but you put him on that half, and because he's such a big man, he, he can get a fast play of the ball and get your next ruck going so he can generate ruck speed. And that's so underestimated in the game as well. Not so much what you do with the all play, but it's the next play. And if you've got back rowers that can be put on an edge, that can jam into the line, get a quick play of the ball, it opens it up then for a short side raid, or you can come back through the middle. Um, because teams just can't reset. And then what happens is if you get your, your back rower onto a half, they get caught up in the tackle. You've got a centre, you've got a winger, and sometimes if you've got the uh, the half in a marker, you've got to get a front row around to the short side. And when a front row gets to the short side, they're not used to defending there. And they don't like it if they've got someone with a bit of speed 
coming at them. And in particular, you've got a front row, a centre and wingers defending together. And that's one of the keys as a half you're looking for. As soon as you see that, that's you're where going you're going. <laughs> that, that's yeah. one of the things as a half you're taught very early. If you see a front rower standing next to a centre down a wide short side, different if it's a narrow short side, but if it's a wide short side, that's where you're going every day. Certainly on the text line, there's... Uh you know, question mark still with Manly from some of our listeners. G'day, boys. With Loz's Manly review, I'd be interested to hear, does he think the coach is up to it? Nelly from Noosa and uh, Arnold at Port Macquarie says, as Laurie's seen Seabold coach and Brooks play, they are closer to spoon than finals. So a couple of harsh critics there all questioning uh, Anthony Seabold. You remember with Anthony Seabold, though? He was, was he coach of the year that coach year at Coach of the year at South? South. <laughs> then his first year at Broncos, they made the finals. Hmm. Albeit they got beaten. Oh, that was the Parramatta, huge loss to Parramatta, yeah. wasn't it? And 50, then the following year, it, it didn't work out for Seeds. But then he came back last year to Manly. And this is the other thing. like They went okay last year. Yeah, I thought they did. G- given the injuries that they had, mm. you're, you're a better coach five, ten years down the track. Mm. You're just a better coach. And when you've been in systems, you learn, you understand what, what you need to do better. Um, and if you got another opportunity, what you would do. And, and I think he's doing a great job, Seabs. Given, given what happened to them last year with their list. Quite a lot of changes behind the scenes at the club too. Yeah, Like and, Tony Mestrov's now finding yeah. his feet. Now he's had a bit of time there as yeah. CEO to put his own and, systems and in place. And remember when Seabs first took over too, there was talk about Desi and some of the players mm. weren't happy that he was moved on because he had such a strong relationship with them. So it takes time to build trust mm. And build a relationship with the playing group as well. So, no, I, I thought they did a, a really good job last year. So, Loz Bullish on the Eagles says they'll be playing finals in 2024. 1353 53 is the number. 0419767272 on the text line. The news is next.
Evan Priest coming up shortly. Just some other results overnight. Uh, Asian Cup, the semi-final, the other semi-final after Loz's team, South Korea, were knocked out yesterday by Jordan. And the host nation, Qatar, are through. They've beaten Iran in a classic 3-2. So it will be Jordan and Qatar in the final of the Asian Cup. Not many would have predicted that. Two sides the the Socceroos have dealt with over World Cup qualification. So quite frustrating for Graham Arnold and his side. Uh, but uh, and I see that your man Jurgen Klinsmann is not going anywhere at South Korea. Lots they not resigned him. Well, he just so the board have chosen. Well, I don't know if it's got Jurgen. Jurgen. <laughs> yep, Jurgen. Jurgen <laughs> over the team. Well, over the playing. Well, group. at least he's defined this stage. Whether that's been extended formally, I don't think has occurred. Well, my yet. mail out of the camp is that Jurgen. <laughs> Will no longer be will no longer continue to be coach right. of South Korea. Okay, there you Think go. He's cooked, Loz. Yes, they're not a happy camp, mate. Not a happy camp. Oh, There's rumblings, geez. and when we know rumblings occur, very rarely does the leader survive. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Just yep. No, 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 no. I was going to go on to something else, but okay, no, well, you can't. No, 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 you don't want to hear what I was thinking. You'd be surprised, yeah. considering some of the, the stuff that's come in. Yesterday for him. What about this text from Brad? After more than an hour listening to the gibberish about your about charging your phone with a potato yesterday, it's been revealed daily is of the soup. Seriously, get back on the wagon then. So people are saying it's your abstinence from alcohol that could yeah. be... Well, You've got to find things to do. Yeah. Mm responsible for some of the stuff that's coming yeah. out of your mouth. I've just got to get off. I think he's safer drinking than being on yeah. his phone. I've just got to get way. off um, Instagram when you're bored. Mm. Is it Instagram or YouTube? Yeah, well, yeah. Whatever, whatever it is. Instagram. You can find it anyway. Whatever it's called, where you're just looking at random mm. stuff. Uh, just some other football news as well, and we'll speak to Mossy tomorrow, of course. Tony Gustafsson has called up 35-year-old Canberra United striker Michelle Heyman for the Olympic qualifiers against Uzbekistan on February 24 and 28. Uh, she last played for the Matildas in 2018, so a nice redemption story. Sam Kerr, of course, uh, knee injury, ACL, uh, over the well, over the period we were Big we were loss, off. isn't it? Big loss for this Matildas. We've still got. And when she was out, I remember was it, we beat Denmark. At what the are you going to say? We're a better 0. team without. No, I'm not. Yes, I'm just going to say oh, that, no. that we still have Caitlin Ford, Mary Fowler, yeah. and Hayley Rasso. Hundred percent. We're a very, very good side. Good very good players side. Up but front. we need Sam Kerr. Just well, we're write a, we're a lot better with Sam Kerr. Yeah, not well, a little bit. We're a lot better. Could argue our best win at the World Cup was without her anyway. Uh, oh, Heyman has the most God. goals in the A League W season with ten. Uh, so nice to see her back. And what about our man at the Wanderers, Marco Redan, yesterday? Uh, he got into people who have houses at Manly, though. I don't live too far from Manly, Mr. <laughs> Roots. I mean, you know, he could have picked a, you know, a suburb like Vaucluse yeah. or something yeah, like course. that. But uh, <laughs> he's not, not backing down, no, to he's say not. the least. Uh, and, of course, he's facing sanction for he's always been issued a show cause notice for those you know comments. He reminds, he reminds me of Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just his press conferences yeah. and yeah. just go on the attack. Counter-offensive. Just I think you'd like back. that, Roots. I reckon. You're going to have to tell him that next time we have him on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's obviously facing sanction yeah. for those post-match comments. And he, he fronted the media yesterday 
he says he got messages from a lot of coaches supportive of his stance. And he's saying he's putting the game, his club, players and fans first. He had a crack at the APL commissioner, Nick Garcia. The Football Australia head of referees, he that wasn't... Can, that can never end well, though, can it? When he you, was in the firing yeah. line as well. <laughs> I'm assuming Rudes is going to get fined. I love it, though. Like, what about know, that old chestnut, though? He's got messages from all the other coaches. Well, that's the way it works. But every single one of them will be like... I don't want it public knowledge. I don't, I don't, <laughs> don't want anyone. I don't, any, yeah, I don't want anyone else to know. Don't don't go and tell the media that. Don't show them my text message. Man, that's what happens all the time. It's a hard one, isn't that's it? Every team like criticizing referees is fraught with danger because we need referees and we need good referees and we yeah. need to encourage them and we need yeah. to you know have strong, obviously officiating. But I think you, but at you, the same you, time we want personality. Yeah. So when yeah. when coaches blow up about the referee, yeah. we enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think you can be critical of their decisions. I think you've just got to be careful if you start, and as we've been explaining on the show before with the NRL, you know, you can you can go to town on a referee if he's made that wrong call, mm. but once you're starting questioning their integrity, yeah, that's, that's when you're starting to get in, mm. in trouble, and, and that'll be the argument with mm. this one, um, whether he's you know, across the line. But doubling down, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they're sitting there today and they'll be going, right, what are we going to do here? <laughs> Got to send a message. Yeah, I reckon. But uh, we'll see. He's been... Sh- what? A, a clause notice. Show cause. Yes. So is, show yeah. cause. So you've got to respond as, as to why you shouldn't be... Why shouldn't be punished. Punished, basically. Yeah. Or explain yourself. <laughs> Mate, explain don't, waste, yourself. don't waste your email. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm reading here. Yeah. What? Loz is sounding more and more like Kyle Sanderlands each day. Oh, here he goes. The potato trick and now the inside info from the Korea Republic Campbell dead set do me, says Tiger Vickers. Well, you could, well you, you'll be on a like $14 million contract next. I've got spies all over the world. <laughs> I've got spies in the camp. You're global. Sure do. Mm, very much so. So is Evan Priest. He's up next. I'll tell tell you what, you know you've made it on this show when you get your own intro. Evan, good morning, mate. How are you? Good morning, Mido. I I feel honoured, mate. I feel like I've made something with my life. I've got an intro. (laughs) Mate, it's a big deal, trust me. When Bulldog Dean Ritchie didn't get one, he blew up Deluxe. So, (laughs) uh, Jono, you know, went to town and making sure he had one. But firstly, well done. You said top 10 Jason Day. It was a very much a rain-affected uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, 54 holes in the end. The weather looked uh, abysmal at times. And, gee, what about some of the low scoring as well? But uh, a good tournament for Jay Day is Wyndham Clark. What was it, a 12-under 60 there on the Monterey Peninsula in the third round? Yeah, absolutely electric from the US Open champion. He had a few rumours hanging over his head that week that he was going to live golf, and he sort of said, no, nope, stay on the PGA Tour. Not only that, I'm going to go out and win the bloody thing. Shot 60 um, how good's that, right? You're sitting in Pebble Beach on a. It actually got moved to a uh, Monday, so sitting there on a Sunday night and just waiting for four million dollars to to get confirmed that he's the 54 hole winner. So pretty good for a three days' work, right, boys? But probably nothing compared to what Kyle Sanderlands is used to, though. Not as much as Loz, but it's not bad. It's not bad for a day out, yeah. buddy. What can we expect of this Phoenix Open from the Aussies? 
Uh, for, for the Aussies, we're actually going to got, got a couple of solid chances there. We have got Mimri Lee, Adam Scott, Aaron Badley, and uh, we got a Kiwi and Ryan Fox. So three slash four different chances. You know, not not bad. But you know, Aussies should just actually just pay attention to this event. This is this is bedlam. It's like the Melbourne double the Melbourne Cup mayhem and then put it over six days. There's people rushing in at five a.m. shotgunning beers at six a.m. in the grandstands. You know, stumbling around. Basically pissing themselves. I, I literally have seen that at the WM Phoenix, Phoenix Open before. Uh, it is it is absolute mayhem. It's a fun event to watch. They've got the party hole, the 16th hole. Uh, one of our own, uh, the, the late Jared Lyle had a hole in one on that hole. And it was mental yeah. one year. And uh, yeah, awesome event to just sit back and watch and, and uh, you know kind of wish you were there. <laughs> What's happening with Liv? Where's their next tournament, mate? Uh, strangely, Loz, it's in Vegas. So... They've decided they're either going to go against the Super Bowl or with the Super Bowl, and they've gone sort of both, I guess. Uh, they're in Las Vegas this week, tees off on Friday, finishing Sunday afternoon, Jeez. kind of just as the Super Bowl is, you know, readying to kick off. Um, and I, I think they're sort of hoping that they tag on the back of the excitement of the Super Bowl week because it really is a, a, a week-long process in the States. Um, so, so they're... You know, a couple of players are going to be going to the Super Bowl and um, they're playing at a place called Las Vegas Country Club where Greg Norman became the first winner of a $1 million check back in the 80s, I think it was. So, a uh, very interesting event there. Um, Do you reckon that'll I, be well-supported or not? I don't I don't think so, unless you've just got, uh, you know, 10,000 people who are really bored on Friday and Saturday and they sort of want a bit of a break from football and gambling and whatnot, but... You know, if I was in Vegas, would I be going to a golf tournament? I'm not too sure. <laughs> I'd probably be in one of the restaurants or one of the casinos or seeing one of the shows. But um, it, it's going to be it's, – it's a real roll of the dice from them. It could be really great or it could be abysmal. Yeah, and uh, we saw Cam Smith started his season last week and uh, five shots off the pace, I think, in the end at the uh, Maya Cobra event on the Live Tour. How's he looking to start the year heading towards – well, Augusta's not far away. Exactly, you know, it, uh, he, he looks good. He looks he looks a lot better than he did last year. He he came in from an off season um, last year where he was sort of the hangover from the winning the British Open at St Andrews was very real. He didn't touch the clubs for about two months in Australia. He really enjoyed himself, but he looks like he's started his off season a bit earlier this year. Nice little T six for him there at Mayakoba, playing some really solid golf. That's a really brutal golf course too, by the way. There was a Joaquin Neiman, the Aussie Open champion from a couple of months ago, won the event, shot 59 in the first round. And it is not a pushover, that golf course. It's just got basically Riviera on either side of every hole. So really good first event from Live Golf. Good good season opener. They've signed the likes of John Rahm, Tyrrell Hatt, Lucas Herbert, and Adrian Moronk, and they're all sort of off to a flyer. So um, Cam is looking really good, especially you know considering he started his off-season yeah, you know, early. I uh, ended that early, and he's played well in the first couple of events. All signs point to him contending at Augusta if he puts the work in. You mentioned Tyrell Hatton. I was reading where he's brushing the Super Bowl. He's going to Adele. <laughs> the Poms, <laughs> they don't like the NFL, yeah. obviously. No, no, he's, he's definitely. Uh, he, he had this hilarious quote that I'll, I'll read you, boys. Someone asked him first of all, was he going to hit the tables in Vegas? And he said, I'm not a massive casino guy anyway. I'm quite happy doing a five-pound accumulator, so i.e. a multi, on the weekend, sitting on the sofa with a cup of tea and watching another bet fail. But I'm not one to throw it all on red. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he, is, he is not going to the Super Bowl. He's got his wife in town in Vegas. Um, so I, he said that he Silly plans on either Friday night or Saturday night going out and seeing Adele. So, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, 
I'll be uh, you, Loz, <laughs> taking his wife to Vegas. Well, I mean, talk, talk about mistakes 101. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, we'll get your tips then for the Phoenix. So, by the way, the party hall, I remember last year, Loz, you had oh, mates. mates over there, you, yeah. I remember you showing us. So, yeah, they loved They had it. a terrible time, didn't oh, they? Oh. It was a good trip by the sounds of things. Oof. One to put on the bucket list, I reckon, especially if you can do that all up the Super Bowl. Wow. All right, Evan, who do you like this week? Yeah, so, so there's a couple of bets that I really, really got my eye on this week. I really like Justin Thomas. All signs point to him winning this thing. He's at $12. You could go with Scotty Scheffler, who's won the last two Phoenix Opens. Bit of a Phoenix Open specialist, but at $6, I just don't love it. Justin Thomas has had a couple of top 10s to start the year. He's been playing, trending really well in the ball striking. He's actually leading the ball striking on the PGA Tour. Uh, $12 for him to win. I really like that. If you want a bit of value... American bloke called Sahil Figala uh, is paying $31 to win. He's also paying $4 for a top 10. And he, he sort of famously um, blew this thing a couple of years ago. He was tied for the lead going into the 16th or the 17th hole um, and, and really, really showing some strong form at the beginning of this year. So $31 for him or $4 for a top 10. And I also like, if you want to just have try and double your money, Scotty Scheffler is paying $2 for a top five. And I think that's money for Jam. Okay, uh, and just as far as those three Aussies, so I'm just looking at the top Aussie market with Tab. Uh, Minwoo Lee's $1.75, Adam Scott $2.35, Aaron Baddeley $8.50. Uh, Minwoo Lee, the obvious there, if, you, if you're thinking out of the three Aussies, who's going to finish best? If you want to go safe, definitely, Mido. I would go Min Woo. Um, but if you want a bit of juice, I would go with Aaron Badley. He's been yeah. playing okay. He's, he's, he's played that event. He actually lives there in Scottsdale, Aaron Badley. He plays that course a lot. So I would go with the uh, the wild card. I don't mind that. Local knowledge. Aaron Badley, yeah. $8.50. I might take a piece of that, actually. Badley. Yeah. Good on you, Evan. Have a flutter. No, no worries, boys. Thanks for having me on. And it was, it was an honour to be on with Kyle Sanderland and his crew. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Coming up, Adam Pengilly shortly, and uh, also on the show today, we're going to speak to Adam Elliott, Knights forward, uh, just after the 7 o'clock news. Jared Daffy with the latest odds from the tab. Uh, Josh Brillante, Wanderers midfielder. Uh, we'll speak to him after 7.30, coming off that controversial loss 4-3 to MacArthur on the weekend. They host the Newcastle Jets on Sunday, do the Wanderers. Uh, we've got Mitch Menners, Sky Racing's Gold Coast caller, 
we have a quiz later this morning. The quiz master Loz is back as well. Adam Pengilly, Geordie, good morning, mate. How are you? Morning, Mido. Morning, boys. I just want to um, just pick up Loz on something. Did you say earlier this morning, Loz, you're on the wagon? You're not drinking until Vegas? Yes, that's correct. You're worried you're going to be short of a gallop by the time you get there and sort of get yeah. to the long pole and you'll be in all sorts of trouble. Well, that's that's my only concern. I Fair think I question. might at some stage have to take the edge off the excitement. What day do you fly to Vegas, Loz? Uh, the 24th or 5th, I think. It's, one, it's you that weekend. You're not going to have one beer? No, no, I won't have a drink <clears throat> until then. Won't have a drink. I'm pretty keen. That makes to, me feel sick in the stomach. To, to get myself back on track. What do you Stay mean? You haven't, you haven't been off track. No, 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 I haven't been off track, but I just, coming back off holidays, because you let yourself go a bit on holidays. So I just oh, want to get back to my routine. Yeah. I want to okay. feel fit and fresh when I get to okay. Vegas. That's oh. all. It's a big campaign. I hope you out. break your promise to yourself. And no. I'll Friday, be, you can't help yourself. I'll be good. Sneak one in while you're doing the ironing. Listening <laughs> 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 to Charlie cried. Listening <laughs> to our mate, yeah. Charlie. Storm Boy sold for squillions. Adam, tell us the details. Uh, unbelievable, Mido, isn't it, really, when you consider a horse has only had a few starts. He's worth in the range of potentially 50 to $60 million, pending how he goes throughout the Autumn Carnival. So I don't think it's a great surprise, Mido, that Coolmore have been the, um, the winning purchasers, uh, given the, the interest that he was generating from a lot of different studs. But being a son of Justify, it was always going to be the case that Coolmore would go to an absolute premium to try and get him. And... If he wins the Triple Crown throughout the Sydney Autumn Carnival, and that's a big if, it's an extremely difficult task. There's a lot of kickers in this deal which will take it above $50 million. So, yeah, he's the hot horse at the moment, a two-year-old that a lot of, a lot of the data experts are saying we haven't seen a two-year-old like him for many, many years now. And um, he'll be back, hopefully, for the Skyline Stakes, but heading towards the slipper. And he's worth a absolute squillion at the moment. What's last year's Golden Slipper winner Shinzo and militarised plans going forward, Adam? Yeah, Chris Wallace come out, Laws, and sort of outlined the plans for his two three-year-olds. Shinzo's likely to kick off his campaign either Canterbury Stakes against the older horses or in the new market as well against the older horses. So given he's a very valuable breeding prospect as well, obviously tied up with Coolmore, I wouldn't expect him to have too many starts his preparation. He'll be very, very carefully handled just taking on those Group 1 targets now. I reckon his stable mate militarises the horse with a lot more upside. He was great winning the Golden Rose last year, obviously. And then Chris is sort of saying he'll probably kick him off in the Apollo Stakes potentially on Saturday week. So there is so many different options for a horse like him. He could probably head towards the three-year-old path and maybe take on the Renwick Guineas, maybe a Rosehill Guineas if he stretches out to 2,000 metres, or he could be kept to the mile for maybe taking on the horses in the Doncaster, the older horse in the Doncaster. I would love to see him in a Quillers of the Stakes. Jeez, that'd be fascinating to see him go against the older horses in that. So, yeah, those two three-year-old colts are up and going, ready for their autumn preparations to kick off and probably taking some um, fairly different paths. We've got the Eskimo Prince there. Race six on the card at Royal Randwick on Saturday. And we've got joint favourites as it stands. Pretty competitive market, in fact, because... Uh, Griff, Tom Kitten and Encap all went up at $4.60, sorry. Uh, Griff settled at four eighty. Uh, Tom Kitten has got out to seven dollars. Encap's got out to six, and Caballus has been a firmer for Bjorn Baker and Josh Pass. Six into four dollars eighty. Joint favourite Moravia for Michael Freeman, Tommy Berry as well. Six into five dollars. Gee, this looks a really competitive race. The Eskimo yeah, Prince. Yeah, small field, but it's an exciting race on paper. And I don't know what you guys think, but every year at the start of the Spring Carnival and Carnival, I love to see the three-year-olds come back and see which horses have taken improvement from preparation to preparation. 
this is a really, really good race there on the weekend. I can understand the market's obviously been a little bit fluid at the moment and, and moving around. Caballas was so good winning first up for Bjorn Baker and the new stable. They tinkered with his gear, so he's got a bit of a fitness edge on some of these other horses that are resuming. We know what NCAP did in the spring. He was great in the Golden Rose. I think potentially the best horse in the race is probably Tom Kitten, but where the 1,200 metres first starts probably a bit short of his best. I'm sort of saying yes at the moment. He might be a horse who'll come into his own over a mile or 2,000 metres later in the preparation. And one horse I think might be a sleeper in the race. Me, that was Celestial Legend for, for Les Bridge. Um, I thought he was, did, did some great things in his, his first two preparations. Had a really nice soft trial leading into this. So it's a really open race. Um, I know that a lot of the focus is going to be on the English Millennium there on, on Saturday at Randwick, but I'm pretty much just as much looking forward to the Eskimo Prince. Yeah, and Macarena is another one, won the Tap Craig back in the spring uh, for Team Hawks. It's been 11 into $7 as well. Just Scully's come out, two cents worth of deductions there. And uh, I'm sure you saw that uh, Loz's mare, Foxy Cleopatra, has come up favourite in the car line, a field of seven as it stands. He's got barrier one, Blake Shin in the saddle. Gee, Loz, you just don't want to be strung up from barrier one. How often do you see it? Back markers, small field, barrier one. There you are on the fence, clutters of horses in front of you. Usually it's horses I back, actually, that that happens to. Mm, well, so that, we just need a bit of luck, you know. Yeah. Just need a bit of luck. Anyway. But anyway, we'll see how she returns. She trialed well. She trialed very well. Mm. Had a bit of far lap about her in the trial. <laughs> <laughs> she extended away from, I don't know what she was up against. but Not much, I don't think. Okay. Well, uh, well, well, Mido, I've got a challenge for Loz before I go. He stepped up to the plate now. He's back on the back on the, back in the horse. I want Foxy Cleopatra in the multi tomorrow. I think that should be a stipulation. Are we are we confident enough to put her put her in the multi, Loz, or not? Oh, I never like tipping my own horses. To be fair, but I will put it in. There you go. I'll put her in. Oh, good, excellent, excellent. I like it. I like to hear it. I'll I'll, I'll put her in. Okay. Ooh. There you go. There you go. That's laying it down. All right. Yeah. Marker in the sand. Okay. Thank you, Adam. See you, boys. Chat tomorrow.